0: Finding a short, relevant web address these days can be tough, but I have a solution. Choose a .us domain. Reserve your .us web address today while they're still available. Go to launchwith.us and use the promo code podcast for my special offer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jansen, and my guest today is Rich Brooks. He is the founder of Flight New Media and creator of the Agents of Change Digital Marketing Conference, something we're going to talk about today. So, Rich, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's a great pleasure to be on your show, John. So you've been doing this conference for a few years, and I guess the first question I have is, what's with the name?
1: That's a good question. So the agents of change came out of a previous conference I put on for a few years called social media FTW with a few friends. But after three years, the band broke up. And I was thinking about doing another conference when I happened to run into Chris Brogan, who said, Oh, I'd love to do something sometime. So I'm like, I know I have to do this conference. I couldn't use the same name, and I wanted to bring in search and mobile marketing to the mix because I feel like social is just one aspect of what we should be doing. And I started going through the th- thesaurus, which is always a tough word for me to say. Uh, and I had this idea of, you know, a um, an accelerant, like social media is an accelerant. So I went on there, looked it up, and I found But I'm like Accelerant World, like Accelerant Expo doesn't roll off the tongue. That led me to Catalyst, which is a nice hard K sound. So I'm like Catalyst still wasn't working for me. I looked it up one more time, and I saw Agents of Change. And if you saw my office right now, John, you'd know I'm a huge superhero nerd. And I could already envision the three Agents of Change for search, social, and mobile marketing. And that is where the name came from.
0: So in preparation for this, uh, because you do the conference and have your business in – the city of Portland. And yeah, Portland, a, Maine. Yeah, I was going to go there because oh, I did a, I did a little search. I said, <laughs> fun facts about Portland, Maine. And you know how the little search, search snippet, uh, you know, position zero that Google puts up there? It was five fun facts about Portland, Oregon. <sighs> so, <laughs> so even Google doesn't know necessarily where Portland, Maine is. So I'm guessing that the Agents of Change Conference is kind of a big deal in Portland, Maine.
1: I like to think it is. I mean, we like to think ourselves as one of the coolest conferences in New England. It is more of a regional thing, although we do get people from all around the country and sometimes all around the world to visit. But I would say the majority of people who attend in person are from New England. And then we also have a virtual pass with a live stream. And we actually get people literally from all over the world, including like you know, places like Australia. And I'm like, I guess they're getting up in the middle of the night to watch.
0: So we're going to talk about conferences and putting them on because you've got a little experience doing so. But is is that the only conference that you currently put on?
1: Yeah, I mean, we do other workshops. And I just recently started a new brand called Fast Forward Maine, where we're putting on uh, business workshops around the state. But the big the big tentpole event is definitely the Agents of Change Conference.
0: So let's talk specifically about that one. Who Who should go to your conference?
1: Every human being. No, um, we really focus on digital marketing. So especially in Maine, that tends to be people who uh, have social media manager or digital marketer or marketer in their title. But of course, a lot of small businesses around here. So we get a lot of people who are doing things uh, who might be owners or entrepreneurs. And we get a lot of agency owners who show up too, I think, because they listen to my podcast podcast uh for new ideas and so in the last few years we've gotten a lot more agency owners and consultants
0: so let's flip then to events in general Um, is is that something that you know first off i'm just gonna admit events are hard (laughs) and so you you said it they are hard so is that something that a lot of businesses should be thinking about getting into I wouldn't
1: say a lot of businesses, but people ask me, like, why do you put on a conference? It seems like a lot of work. And I'm like, it is. That's the beauty of it. I mean, how hard is it to put up another Facebook post or an Instagram photo? Anybody can do it and everybody is doing it. But to put on an event, and I'm not saying that you need to make it as big or as small as our conference. We we average between 350 to 400 people. Um, but I'm saying that it immediately elevates everything that we're doing in the state to another level. So when people come to the Agents of Change Conference, suddenly Rich Brooks and Flight New Media get a lot more visibility. Flight New Media is our digital agency. So because of that, then we get into a lot more conversations around the state and even outside the state about, oh, we should be talking to Flight about our website or our SEO or social media. So if you're struggling with maybe some of the digital marketing stuff and outreach, especially if you're new, I strongly recommend taking a look at events because a lot of your competition just don't have the stomach to put it on.
0: Yes, it sounds as I heard you describe that. It's a little bit of the advice where people say you should have a book because it sort of elevates your status as an influencer. In some ways, that's what you're saying about the conference.
1: Absolutely. And I've written a book and I've gotten work directly out of it. So I know that works. And I've gotten work directly out of the Agents of Change conference. Just as a side note, I had for years, a friend of mine's business. And I kept on saying like, you, you really need a new website. Like your website was built in 1724. It's time for an upgrade. This person wouldn't spend $5,000 on it. They ended up winning a ticket to the conference of all things, came to the conference, ended up talking to my creative director and ended up signing a deal for $21,000 worth of design. I'm like, I couldn't convince you after five years and you come and you meet him for 15 minutes. So again, it it elevates you, it puts you at another level. And uh, I think that's great for business owners who are looking for a competitive edge.
0: So in web terms, 1724 was like five years ago, right? (laughs) Exactly. So what was like the huge
1: thing that you learned when you first started doing this? So what I tell anybody just starting off is, first of all, it's totally okay to start small. Like you can start with 12 people in a room if they're the right 12 people. That's one aspect. Like there's no size too small. It's about putting yourself in front of the right audience or building the right audience. But the other thing that I found over time as people started asking me questions is there's three main categories that any successful event should focus on, which I now call the three S's. And it's speakers, sponsors, and seats, as in putting butts in them. And I can speak to any one of them, but it's about having the right people on stage, and that could just be you. It's about About bringing in some sponsors, especially when you get to a certain size to help kind of uh, bring down the cost. And then it's also about making sure that you've got a way to make sure that you fill the seats because you could have the best speakers and a lot of sponsors, but your event's going to fail if nobody shows up.
0: So let's talk about balancing those folks a little bit because sometimes what a sponsor wants out of, you know, what's a win for them may not be a win for attendees. Um, It's,
1: I mean, is that a constant struggle? That is a struggle. And it's, I've definitely made the mistake over promising something for a sponsor and then realizing that maybe I've, I've not really treated my attendee the way it sh- they should have been treated. And this is something I've learned the hard way. And of course, now with GDRP, this becomes an even bigger issue. But, um, you know, one of the things that we say with our sponsors now is like, we we can't uh, share emails anymore. Like that's just not something we do. We'll share the contact information. Um, but I have had some pushback in in years past and, and with, with um With the sponsors, I think it's just about getting up front with them and having intelligent conversations. What do you want to get out of this event? Like, are you looking? I've had people come to me and they're like, I just want to be associated with your brand. Other people are like, I'm just looking for uh, my own personal brand awareness. And then I've got people who are like, I need 15 leads out of this. And based on what they're looking for, then I can help them and create something customized so that even if I'm not giving them the name, address, and blood type of every single attendee, I'm giving them the opportunity for them to succeed. And maybe that means that I'm doing something special from stage for them. Or maybe it means that we're creating some special videos that kind of pump them up or talking about them on the podcast. But it's about finding those wins for them where you're not selling your soul or the information of your uh, attendees.
0: Choosing the right web address for your business, it's critical. I mean, and if all the better, if you can get a short, relevant, easy to remember, but eh, they're getting kind of hard to find these days. But I have a solution. Choose a dot. .us domain for your business. With a .us, your business will stand out It's short, distinctive, easy to remember. Plus, there's a lot available still, giving you a better chance of getting the exact domain name that you want. You'll be in good company too, companies like zoom.us and mastercard.us. And I've got a special offer for you as well. If you reserve your .us web address today, I've arranged for you to get $1.49 for the first year. So you register your .us domain for just $1.49. Plus you get a free website builder and hosting service for six months, but only if you use my promo code PODCAST. So go to launchwith.us and use my promo code PODCAST. So how have you found... I mean, what's been your ability to stand out? I mean, yay, another digital marketing conference, right? I mean, how – have you found that that the secret to success is maybe something bigger that – I mean, a bigger reason for doing it maybe than, yay, another digital marketing conference?
1: Well, I will say that when I first started, there weren't a lot of digital marketing conferences um, or there were certainly less Uh, And I'm definitely seeing that there's some fatigue out there when it comes to digital marketing because it seems like every week there's five events in Portland, Maine about digital marketing. So that is a challenge. It's one that I kind of avoided to a certain degree by getting in early. Um, But I would say that if you are looking to put on an event my recommendation would be to niche down and maybe to, you know, one of the challenges we have with agents of change is it's not industry specific. So if I were starting off, if I'm one of your listeners, I would be thinking about how can I go into just one industry and really succeed there, whether it's my own industry, or I just choose one of my client groups and really focus more narrowly on that niche, then you're going to be able to attract, I think, uh, more interested attendees who feel like the content's been tailored for them, as well as people willing to pay more because it's like, oh my goodness, there's a juggling conference in town. You don't get that every day. So,
0: you know, they might be more willing to sign up.
1: So 350 to
0: 400 is still a very manageable number, but uh, as a conference grows and as yours grew, uh, is there anything that you've done to sort of intentionally keep that intimacy? I mean, I know a lot of A lot of people, you, you go to a lot of conferences like I do as well. And, you know, some, those first year, you know, just a hundred of us, you know, was really cool. And then it grew to 10,000 people and it wasn't the same thing anymore. Have you done anything to keep yours intentionally intimate?
1: Yeah, well, I think part of it is living in Maine, you know, we have one area code. There's only so many people around us. So that partially keeps it down, anyways. But we have it in a space that we absolutely love at the University of Southern Maine. And that can, although it can sit 500 people in the auditorium, uh, you can really only comfortably have 400 people in the atrium, like during lunch or something like that. So that's basically been our line in the sand. The virtual pass. A- allows us to grow a little bit bigger but you still have that intimate feel at the event i have no desire to be the next inbound or social media marketing world two excellent conferences by the way but just that's not what i'm looking for i'm looking for more of I'm looking at this event as a way of raising the profile of what we're doing here at Flight and what I'm doing. And so this is the right size for us. There's definitely other conferences that are going to grow and they may have a reason to grow, but that's just never been the focus of what we're doing. And I think everybody, as they put on their own events, needs to decide, why Why am I doing this? Like, like we talked about, events are a lot of work. And there's at least three sleepless nights I have where, oh my God, my speakers aren't going to show up or I'm going to lose money or nobody's going to show up from my conference. That's stressful. And so it's only that it makes sense at the end from both an enjoyment standpoint and a business standpoint that I keep moving forward. And for me, I've been told by a lot of people that this is a right sized conference. Now that means different things to different people. But for us, it's that, you know, yes, we have a green room, but the speakers tend to hang out with all the regular, with all the (laughs) regular people and they end up talking And, and people, it's just a very intimate, friendly group. And, and, that's the that's the conference I always wanted to go to, so I ended up creating it myself.
0: So you talked about the sort of additional benefits to hosting this conference. Does that in some ways, you know, the business that comes out of it, the sort of raising your uh, profile, does that in some way suggest that you don't necessarily need to be a profitable conference?
1: Profitable is a very – important part of it but it depends on how you're looking at profitability like when we sit there and talk i'll be very candid when we look at or transparent perhaps at the end of each year we're like were we profitable and depending on the way you run the numbers we might have made ten thousand or lost ten thousand dollars. um and it really depends on how much we we always make money the question is do we make money after we charge ourselves at our regular rate or a discounted rate or do we just consider that to be marketing work and we're not going to charge for our time so that's where it gets It's a little bit blurry, but we usually end up somewhere around break even after we've paid for our own time. And then, like I said, we almost always get one to two jobs a year out of that. And then there's also just like some people when they come into our doors and I'll be like, so how did you hear about us? They'll be like, oh, I went to the agents of change a couple of years ago or I've gone for the last three years. Mm -hmm. So that's how I know the long long term game, it's really paying off. For some businesses, the event has to be profitable because that is a profit center. But for us, it's been a, if we can get our marketing to pay for ourselves, I'll sleep well.
0: But I think that's a big consideration as you're looking at you know the big picture of it. Um, so, you mentioned this that people come back or go year after year. I mean, how do you? So this is two part question. How do you get people to attend, and then how do you get them to come back? So getting people to attend is
1: actually the trickier part because, of course, if they don't know you, you're trying to convince them to part with fifty, a hundred, five hundred dollars, you know, depending on the price of your conference. So you know we've had some discussions about like, well, is it about bringing in the biggest speakers? And maybe it's just where I am, but speakers don't generate sales. Like we've had a few people because they've come from Maine, like John Lee Dumas and uh, and Chris Brogan, They're they're from Maine. So they pull in a certain audience, but most of the other speakers that we bring in, no matter how awesome or cool or smart they are, <clears throat> they just don't bring in ticket sales per se. So I'm always looking myself more about the content and the delivery than it is specifically the name, although I like to try and mix it up a little bit. So it's about finding what people are looking for and then trying to build a community. So these days, I think of Agents of Change as a 365 brand that we're around every single day of the year. We're putting on the podcast that kind of helps raise awareness and keep awareness up and running. We're sending out a weekly newsletter above and beyond the conference itself. And in terms of getting people to come back, we'll offer incentives both the day of the conference as well as early bird discounts that first get sent out to, uh, what we call alumni as part of it. And we're trying to develop a Facebook group, which I have to admit is kind of my Achilles heel. I'm just not great about Facebook groups, but that's something that we're trying to develop as well.
0: That's like running a conference year round.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) So let's talk about sponsorships. I'm sure a lot of people, even if it's not for a physical event, (laughs) you know, a webinar or, you know, a piece of content, um, what in your experience makes a great sponsorship?
1: I think it's a combination of somebody who has a product or service that is really in alignment with what you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, without naming specific names, um, we've had a bank who has been a great sponsor for us for years. And not only do they give us money, which is certainly obviously a critical part of it, um, but they're in the community and they're looking to build their business up. the portfolio. So that makes this a really good place for them to be. Uh, and from that, from the local aspect, that's really helpful. And like I said, they've been a great partner and they've really been part of everything that we're doing. Uh, and then because we're a digital marketing conference, we also have like email service providers and CRM companies that are interested in getting in front of our audience too, especially ones that target small businesses. So I like to bring in those kind of companies, A, because I want people to know about the tools and services they offer, uh, but B, also because like it's good for them to get in front of this type of audience too. And, and my goal is to educate people like me uh, who might not be spending all their time on digital marketing so it's i mean i hate to say it's about the money but it is about the money you know otherwise i'd have to charge a lot more for ticket sales um but then it's also about are their goals in alignment with ours i've definitely pushed off a few. sponsors over the years because I just didn't get the right vibe from them like I felt like they were just there to uh, get as many scrape as many names as possible and they weren't really going to participate and there have been people who did speaker sponsor deals in years past and they barely gave a presentation and that was the end of that relationship right there if you are going to do speaker sponsor deals which are pretty common uh, you need to expect that the person's going to come in and, and act as if they were a speaker anyways like that they're going to deliver high quality content and not some sort of veiled sales pitch
0: I love the idea that you have a especially because you've identified as sort of a regional conference that you have a regional bank because going back to your point about um, you know additional business well you know I'm guessing that there are a lot of bank customers that would be good customers um, of your agency.
1: Absolutely. And vice versa. I mean, the bottom line is this bank has been a great supporter of ours for years. And anything I can do to help them out is also just makes me feel good. They they've believed in me and and I believe in them and, and I think they're a great bank. And so I'm trying to do everything I can to also get people who especially from Southern Maine, where they don't have as big a, a, a footprint, to let the, you know, to make sure that people from Southern Maine Business owners are thinking about them when it comes time for lines of credit or whatever it may be. And the other thing I'll just say about sponsorships in terms of like if people are your listeners are thinking about this barters are also excellent sponsors. So we do a lot of media share, but we also do it at the end of the event. We have a, a networking event and we get free beer, free pizza and free spirits from three local companies uh, for a couple of tickets. So they come in, they give us all this free product, things that would cost us thousands of dollars or cost me like $150. And you can get a lot of mileage out of those barters and really start developing some long-term relationships with some local companies. And for me, local is a big part of who we are and what we do. So that, again, just kind of fits in with your question of like what's important in the sponsor.
0: And I think that starts to shape maybe a picture for somebody. To, this doesn't have to be you know a giant conference. I mean, you can do that same sort of model in something that's going to maybe have fifty people come this year, and and still have that same sort of small community feel.
1: Yeah, we put on a, a version of Agents of Change that was specific to the wedding industry. I did it with a friend of mine, and we found local vendors that were really trying to target those um, those wedding professionals, and so and we started to develop some really nice relationships with them as well. I think the. I love putting on big events or love putting on live events. Like it just feels good. And I love bringing people together, especially because in my job, I'm behind a computer so much of the time. And when you can really in your local community start develop these relationships where you start introducing people, you become much more valuable as well. So again, people are always going to be thinking about you when they need to make that next business decision.
0: So we're getting close to the end of our time. Let's, uh, let's start with a real negative, um, (laughs) Bring the, bring the thing down to a crashing halt here. Um, so if you're going to tell somebody, here's the one thing that will doom your conference. Don't do this or don't forget this. What would it be?
1: One thing that would doom the conference? Um,
0: I would say not enough planning or trying to go too big
1: too soon because I definitely have t- – Talk to people who have asked me to come in at the last minute to help them with their conferences and it's like three months out and they're putting on something on vegas and they don't have a list yet i'm like that's just not how you're gonna do it like uh, there are people probably who might have been able to salvage that but i would say you know start small like you were talking about if you start with 50 or 100 people or even 12 people that's not a bad starting place like start to understand what people are looking for. Ultimately, you need to put on an event that are going to track those three audiences of speakers, sponsors, and seats. So you really need to be paying attention to what people want. And sometimes the best way to do that is to start small.
0: So depending upon when you're listening to this show... Uh, the a- next Agents of Change event is going to be in the fall of 2019. You want to tell people about that? And we I think you even said you might have a special offer for listeners.
1: I do. Uh, if people are interested in the whole digital marketing thing, I'd love you to check out. You can find more information out at theagentsofchange.com. We have a physical conference on Friday, September 20th. We also have pre-conference workshops on the 19th and a VIP ticket as well. And right now, depending on when you hear this, Either tickets will be early bird or at least heavily discounted, but for duct tape listeners, uh, if you enter in duct tape, all one word, when you go to buy your ticket, whatever the ticket is, whether it's the physical ticket or the virtual pass, because we have a live feed, people can tune in, um, you're going to save $25 off the ticket price, and uh, right now they're already pretty low, so it's a very good deal.
0: Oh, and so just go to theagentsofchange.com and you'll find all the information there. And then we'll have it, of course, in the show notes like we always do. So, Rich, it was great catching up with you again. Uh, sounds like a great event, and I appreciate you spending the time. And hopefully, we'll run into you out there on the road soon. Sounds good, John. Thank you.